0: The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is brought to you by ITL Coaching and Performance. You can find them at itlcoaching.com. ITL Coaching and Performance exists to build a community of athletes set on reaching goals and serving the community. They have a passion for helping people achieve their goals and dreams. ITL coaches are real people with phones, emails, and the desire to spend time with you during your training. They are vested in ITL athletes. ITL takes a communal approach to your coaching, so there's always somebody available to answer your questions and to help you adjust your training schedule. An ITL coach will be glad to meet with you to chat about your goals and find the best plan to help you meet those goals. Again, the ITL Coaching and Performance website is itlcoaching.com. The Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast is also brought to you by Blue Pineapple Travel. You can find them at bluepineappletravel.com. Blue Pineapple Travel are experienced travel agents who help you design the perfect trip. They are all well-traveled and knowledgeable, and they will be your advocates from start to finish. The agents at Blue Pineapple Travel love to help people plan their travel. Their goal is to match you with the trip that you want. Whether you're looking for relaxation or adventure traveling solo or with a group inside the United States or outside the United States, they are there to match you to the trip for you. Blue Pineapple Travel will help you curate all the travel information out there to create the exact vacation that you want. Again. Their website is bluepineappletravel.com. And finally, the most pleasant exhaustion podcast is brought to you by SlayerX, X, www.slayerx.com. Slayer X is a sports nutrition company that makes products for athletes, team sports, and anyone that trains or works outdoors. Slayer X was founded by an endurance athlete and University of Georgia food scientist who was unhappy with the choices he was offered on course in long course triathlons. He started making his own mixes and now you can enjoy those same mixes. Slayer X offers differing levels of electrolytes in their hydration products and you can get them with or without calories. You can either take their online tests at slayerx.com or you can be tested in their laboratory to determine the exact amount of liquid and electrolytes that you need to be consuming while racing. In addition to hydration products, Slayer X offers fueling products like their product Diesel, which is available with or without the optimum level of caffeine that is scientifically proven to legal enhance performance while limiting GI upset and diuretic impact. If you're looking for alternative gel, try Slayer X's new Spark Plug, a Pop Rocks-like powder that combines the same electrolytes that are in their other products, encapsulated caffeine and quickly absorbed carbohydrates. It comes in a plastic tube so it can be carried while running and it will work to enhance and fuel your alertness, general happiness and performance. Remember, tell them that the Most Pleasant Exhaustion podcast sent you by using the coupon code PLEASANT2019 at checkout on the website and you'll get 10% off anything that you purchase there. That's SlayerX.com Pleasant 2019. Test, don't guess with SlayerX. Thanks to all of our sponsors for helping us to bring you the most pleasant exhaustion podcast. podcast hits the road. Welcome to Jekyll Island, Georgia, Patrick Ollinger. Welcome to Jekyll, Mr. George (laughs) Darden. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. So remember that last year we did our race report podcast. We had several people come on. We're still looking for people to come on in 2020 and tell us about their race reports. Well, Patrick and I figured what better way to kick off 2020 and another year of race reports than by doing our own race report. Right on.
1: That's right. It'll be a great idea if we end up running well tomorrow and (laughs) an idea we don't repeat if neither of us run well tomorrow
0: yeah if we don't run well tomorrow maybe we won't even uh won't even push play but we'll see we'll see um so the uh the race is patrick it is the jekyll island half
1: marathon and not just the jekyll island half marathon but the inaugural jekyll half so it'll be the first time we are running this race and the first time anybody's running this race i'm actually
0: glad you said that i like an inaugural race that's one of your things, yes. It's one of my things, yeah. No, I, I think Inaugur races are cool. Now, to be fair, the Jekyll Island Marathon has been around for a few years, um, and they've had an accompanying 10K, uh, but this is the first year that the Jekyll Island Half Marathon is being staged here by Peak Racing. Um, so, what do you think so far? We just got here tonight. We picked up our packet. We had dinner at a, at a local restaurant. Now we're in a hotel. Well, first of all, you mentioned that they've already done the marathon before, that actually
1: helped build credibility mm. for us doing the half, right? True, if yeah. it was the, their their first time running any race at all, I'd be a bit more nervous about how the markings gonna look and you know, <laughs> are, are we gonna be running the right direction? Is this gonna actually be thirteen point one miles? That kind of a thing. Fair. But fair. they've they've built some experience running the marathon before, uh, or coordinating the marathon, I should say, no pun intended, with uh, running the marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they decided, okay, now we have the marathon down, so let's add on the half marathon. as kind of a second option. And so I feel confident that the race directors are going to put on a good race. And it's obviously in Jekyll Island, so even if they try to make it as hilly as possible, (laughs) it means our elevation still is going to be pretty minimal. Yeah, we're probably
0: going to get, what, 10, 15 feet total of elevation change throughout the course of this race, which is pretty... Pretty good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, pretty flat course.
1: And in, in most races around Atlanta that we're used to, we get that in the first few hundred feet of right? the race. so For sure. I'm for looking sure. forward to a nice, uh, flat uh, half marathon. Something me we too. don't get very often.
0: Me too. Me too. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Forecast for tomorrow is about 62 degrees. Six, mm-hmm. A little bit on the warm side, given that it's you know January 19th is the race date. Um, and rain. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see whether it actually does rain the the rain is it's uh, right around the race start time it's it's forecasted for about like 40 percent right something like that yeah and but then by the time the race is over it's closer to like 80 percent so so we might get rained on a little bit there towards the tail end of the race or maybe the entire time we'll actually see but uh, one way or another that's not something we can do a great deal about Um, worth mentioning this particular race, uh, I'm excited to run this race because, you know, it's a it's a Georgia race and, and a half marathon. But the really reason why I chose it and picked it and put it on the schedule is because it's a tune-up race for the Tokyo Marathon for me. Mm-hmm. And you're doing a marathon the same day.
1: Yeah, Publix full marathon on March 1st, 2020.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we're six weeks out. That's right. Um, and so this is the, the tune-up half marathon for, for both of us who have marathons on March 1st. How's your, uh, how's your marathon build going?
1: Build has been going great. Been hitting a lot of steady miles. I've um, Been a bit more focused on putting in the Putting in a bit more long, slow miles. Doing long run, medium long run every week. Mm-hmm. Um, some longer tempo stuff. Mm-hmm. So the build's been going pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am looking forward to getting back into racing, as we've discussed before. I didn't race in the fall. So it's been, you know, you know 10 months or so since I had my last target oh, race wow. in Boston. Mm-hmm. So I am really looking forward to just getting back, you know, into... Into a race that I feel good about, and into a race where I feel like, okay, I've completed a training cycle specifically for this race, right. or this this race is a part of a very specific build. So I can't wait. I'm pumped. I almost feel like in another sports when you hear about like a, you know, an athlete getting injured for a year or having to step away for a year, and then come back. Uh, I feel like
0: that to some degree. Even though I was only away for. You know, half a year or so. Cool. Very good, man. Very good. Did you tow the line at the Cam Run in August? I did. Yes. And so, so, but that—that's the only starting line that you have actually approached since.
1: Well, I've done. I did the Cam Run, which was a five k in mile. Obviously, mm-hmm. different than a marathon or half mm-hmm. marathon. Yeah. Um, and then I did like the Carrollton Half Marathon, which was a in r- September very well run race. Yep, mm-hmm. in September. Uh, but that was a bit more of a, a fun race, more so than a specific build
0: up towards a Right, peak. right. Yeah, I remember you are saying because that was about a month before you got married mm-hmm. and I remember you are saying, you you like sent me an email two weeks before that race and said well it looks like the Carrollton's not my A race or something like <laughs> that, that, that. Yeah, you just, you just didn't really kind of map out the fall or you just didn't really have a map for the fall. Mm-hmm. So I, I ran some shorter races in November and December. This will mm-hmm. be my first race of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird having a target a big target um, this early in the year, March first is really early for a target, a big target race. I mean, it's practically February. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so so literally, like like trying being in a, in this kind of shape and doing these kind of miles and running this much and doing like hard workouts when you're wearing like pants and mm-hmm. stuff. That that's been a little bit of adjustment for me. That's been a little bit strange here. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm ex- I'm super excited about the 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 Tokyo Marathon. I'm super excited about the race. Um, but it's a little bit been a little bit of adjustment for me. So, with that in mind, actually, this race tomorrow, I'm looking forward to racing. I have fairly low expectations for myself here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm I'm looking forward to the tune-up race. I'm looking forward to the the physiological bump that you'll get from running, you know, 13.1 miles at faster than marathon pace or faster than marathon effort. Uh, and so, I think that's going to be a good thing for me. But um, but uh, yeah, I, between my body not quite being where it needs to be. In six weeks, because it's so early in the year, because we're still so close to the holidays, I got off on a European cruise ship like a week ago. You know, it's... Well, I heard those do wonders for your diet and exercise. <laughs> so, yeah. Cruise ships and everyone eats great when they're on vacation. Uh, of course, yeah. And so, so my body's not quite where it's supposed to be. Had a really good week tra- uh, week of training week before last, but then this past week had like a little bit of like a chest infection or something, mm-hmm. and so. I'm kind of keeping expectations low here, um, but uh, I'm still looking forward to the race. I'm still looking forward to taking part in the race and you know being here in Jekyll Island and everything. So, what about you? Expectations, goals?
1: Yeah, well, I hope this will be um, my fastest half marathon of the year, obviously. <laughs> um, but no, I, I expect to run close to um, like within about a minute or so of my kind of previous PRs. Right. And right. if it, if I get even closer, that's gravy. Um, but no, I expect this to be a, a pretty fast effort, so right we'll, we'll see what happens. Right but on. I am looking forward to, to
0: putting on the racing shoes and, and and taking off. Right on. Very good, very good. Yeah, I think I'll be fine because I'm actually pretty fit. I had a really good workout Wednesday a week ago, mm-hmm. so you know, ten days or so out from the race. But I had you know uh, like bronchitis this past summer, yeah. and and I did the Peachtree Road Race when I was just just coming off of bronchitis and that was so awful Yep. Um, and it was so painful and just such a terrible experience that that's kind of in my head right now. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and, and to anybody who's ever done that before, I've obviously done it twice, it's a very helpless feeling because I can tell you, like when your legs are like when your legs are sore, mm-hmm. versus your lungs. When your legs are sore, you have adrenaline, and it kind of carries you through to some extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the lungs, <laughs> it's just kind of yeah. Ugh. You're you're sucking through a straw, and it's it's almost like uncontrollable pain. Because even when you slow down, you're still breathing heavy. You're yeah. still kind of
0: wheezing. And my heart was out of control, like that that. So at the Peachtree Road Race, and again, it's a much different situation. It's a very really hilly course. It's very hot. You know, we're not going to be dealing with really either one of those tomorrow but like the Peachtree Road Race my i set all of these heart rate records like like training yeah. peaks keeps all of your heart rate records you know and it's like it was my highest ever t- highest ever 20 minute heart rate um and it was like so high and and i'm not i'm in a much better place right now i mean i'm much fitter than i was then even before i got sick this week but that's just kind of stuck in my head you know and so so given that i've really tried to lower expectations and uh for tomorrow so so we'll see Mm -hmm. we'll see
1: now let's talk about too then how um or why we even do target races such as this one because tune races or or tune-up races yeah excuse me sorry tune-up races heading into the target races um I tend to do the, the tune-up races probably four to six weeks before the the A-race, mm-hmm. right? So, right. for example, yeah. most most of my spring A-races have been Boston, so I'll do the Publix Half Marathon in March. Right. And it's I like to do the, the, the tune-up race to be at least 10 miles, preferably a half marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, let's talk through like why we like to do tune-up races, because I think there's a few different things. All right, cool. All right, first and foremost, I like to know where I am from a fitness perspective. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's the biggest... Reason that I like to do a, a tune-up race because you obviously are giving a, a much you know harder effort on race day than you do during like a long tempo because mm-hmm. even a long tempo probably is going to be more than seven or eight miles. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also hard to convert you know a weird distance like six or seven miles to a full marathon right. trying to project out performance for sure. Uh, you don't
0: taper for a workout the same way you kind of give yourself a little bit of rest before a race, you know, and your mindset's different in, in, in a race than it is in a workout and everything else like that. So, yeah, you're always much better off predicting a race from a race. Yeah,
1: sure. and the other part of that, too, is like when you're running a race, you're probably running that race on a Saturday or a Sunday morning mm-hmm. versus a workout, which is oftentimes during a weekday when you're trying yeah. to squeeze it in before work or during a lunch break for some people, that kind of a thing. So right. it just isn't quite as predictive in terms of right. finding out where you
0: are. Right. Okay, so I'll say two things about that, because I agree with you that that's like an important function of the tune-up race, and that's a big part of why, why we do it. Two things about it. First thing, we're six weeks out, mm-hmm. which this is the farthest out that I've ever done a long tune-up race. Mm-hmm. So if I look back on my last three successful marathons, I look back on New York 2016, I look back on Philadelphia 2018, I look back on Flying Pig 2019. Mm-hmm. Each one of those, my tune-up race was four weeks out, three weeks out, and four weeks out. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's it feels a little bit different with it being six weeks out because I feel like I have a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And that's one yeah. of the reasons why I'm, I'm not as stressed about tomorrow as it might be otherwise mm-hmm. because I, I don't know how it's going to go. But if it doesn't go well, it's all right. I still got six weeks. I still have time to sort of pull it back around. The one I did before Philadelphia was three weeks out. Right. Um, and you know if if you're not where you need to be 3 weeks out you're probably not going to get there right whereas i feel like i'm going to get i can still get to where i need to be in 6 weeks i know my body's not where it needs to be right now but i can get it there in 6 weeks you know what i mean mm-hmm. the other thing i was going to say that i was thinking about this just with those three races the tune-up race the correlation between the tune-up race and the actual race my worst tune-up race was the Star Wars Half Marathon, which I did four weeks before the Flying Pig Marathon, and that was my fastest of those three races, and mm-hmm. it was on the hardest course. Yep. Yeah. My best tune-up race was the the 15K I did in Tulsa, three weeks before the Philadelphia Marathon, and the Philadelphia Marathon was my slowest of those three races, even though it was on the fastest of the three courses. So, my point being that there's, it's not a one-to-one correlation.
1: <laughs> yeah, we were talking about this on the car right over. It, it That's so interesting. So for you, there really isn't much of a correlation between the tune-up race mm-hmm. and how the race is going to go. It's almost like the difference between <laughs> warm-up and race day. Like it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it's interesting. For me, I've actually found a pretty strong correlation mm-hmm. kind of from, from my tune-up race to, to the A race, so to speak. And so I think it's interesting when you talk about different runners. I think... Um, you know, everyone kind of has a different history there, or a different kind of results when you try to connect one to the other, for various reasons, and it could be, you know, all all kinds of reasons. Like the races you were running, like Disney, you having to travel to it in a right, way that right. um, might be ways. There's to a work. lot of intervening variables. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I agree with on that. In
0: Philadelphia, like I said, it was the slowest of the race, but it was also the least ideal weather of those three races. It was That's you know, true. 35 degrees and, and a little bit of wind. Right, and so, so yeah, there, I agree. That there's a lot of intervening variables. My point is to say that 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 okay. So if your tune-up race doesn't go perfectly, it doesn't mean that your 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 target race isn't going to go perfectly.
1: I think that's very true. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and um, vice
0: versa, and vice versa. What do you think about the whole six weeks thing? Do, does this feel weird to you? Because do you normally do it four weeks or, or six weeks something?
1: I usually do it about four weeks out. Yeah. Um, it doesn't feel super odd to me, um, mostly because. I feel like I've gotten most of my long runs in already, a lot of my tempo runs in already. Mm. So it, it doesn't feel quite the same, but I think you had a quicker turnaround to go from like a fall race, for example, mm. to this.
0: Well, I ended up canceling my fall race, and so, so I don't, you know, it's, it's sort of, I don't know, it's sort of weird, but, but yeah, like I said, that to me also ties into the whole just March 1st, it's weird having a target race on March 1st.
1: Now that is very, I, I got to tell you where it is weird, is it's weird having a race Three weeks after the holidays, yeah, like we were at Christmas break. Um, like I was in this area seeing in laws and family like three weeks ago for right. Christmas Eve. Right, that feels odd. That wearing your Christmas sweater and everything. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Or given that it was like seventy five degrees, my Christmas T shirt. <laughs> um, yeah. So that that definitely feels odd. But um, other than that, you know, it, it's it's pretty good. And and I would say in addition to kind of knowing like what you know. So we talked about, like, reason number one to do a, a um... Tune-up race. Tune-up race, thank mm-hmm. you. A tune-up race is... Because you want to know where you are and you want to get a good time in. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a second one is it's just fun. Yeah. Like, once you get to be about six weeks out, four to six weeks out, you're in that peak shape that you're only going to be in once or twice a year, mm-hmm. and I was, you know, I have had marathons that go poorly, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's kind of nice to have the saving grace of, well... I bonked in the marathon, <laughs> but I had a great tune-up race. So yeah. it wasn't all for naught, right. for example. Right. Um, so it's kind of nice to be able to give yourself two shots to give a P, either get a PR or to have a good race that you can kind of use as justification for all your training. Oh
0: yeah, and, and the better shape you're in, the more fun the race is going to be. And so, yeah, presumably if you're pretty close to the race, you're going to be in pretty good shape. I'm actually planning on running just a week before mm-hmm. uh, the Tokyo Marathon. I'm actually planning to run a, a local 5K. And I'm really looking forward to that because you know, I better be ready by a week to go, right. you know, um, but, but just kind of as, as a final little rust buster, but, but I'm, I'm looking forward to that um, for, for that very reason. Uh, and racing's fun. Both you and I like racing. Uh, another thing I would say, it gives you the opportunity to test equipment. Yep. Um, and so I'm, I'm not wearing the singlet that I'll be wearing during the race, but I'm wearing the shorts I'll be wearing during the race. I'm wearing the shoes I'm going to be wearing during the race. I'm wearing similar socks the socks I'll be wearing in the race. You know, all that sort of thing. So it gives me an opportunity to, to test out that equipment, see how it goes. Um, you know, and that's not something you get to do over the course of your entire training cycle.
1: Yeah, and the same nutrition. Yeah. Which is something we
0: do during long runs, but it still is nice to mm-hmm. practice it in a race setting. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Very good. Um, all right, man. Final words as we're getting ready to head off to the race here?
1: Let's do it. Let's hope the uh, beach rain holds off or at least isn't too intense, but I'm ready to go. Looking mm-hmm. forward to it. Me too. Me too. So
0: sleep well tonight and we'll be up early tomorrow morning All right, yeah. mail overall. This mail overall. I want you guys to listen to
1: these times too okay <laughs> mail overall the inaugural race third place 125 13 Benjamin Fowler we got a couple of teammates. I know these guys from Atlanta. A couple of teammates here from the uh, ITL coaching organization. Woo! Second place with a 117-26, George Darden. And your winner with a 114. I was 14 shopping inside of Patrick wow. Oh, no, I, I think my sweater. All right. Patrick, George, Benjamin. You. First, second, third at the
0: inaugural. Where's
1: Benjamin?
0: Temple Island. Half-fire All right, so post-race, here we are driving along I-16, headed back towards Macon, Georgia, then back to Decatur, Georgia, and back to Marietta, Georgia. uh, From Jekyll Island, how'd it go, Bedrick? It went well. Um, First of all, the race was a
1: phenomenally run race by the uh, race directors. Very well organized, very well coordinated. Uh, I have to say, for an inaugural half-marathon, that has to be one of the most well-marked courses I've ever been a part of I've
0: ever run. Yeah, it was cool, it was good. Um, You know, it was a well-organized race, well-managed race. They start right on time. The course was great. I mean, we were very much in Jekyll Island, right? Yes. Um, uh, You know, there's, Jekyll Island basically has one road around the perimeter. And we started on that perimeter road on the east side of the island. And we ran up over, kind of continued to follow that perimeter road, up over the northern tip of the island and then we did a 180 degree turn and went on to the bike path that sort of took us back to the place where we had started. Um, but then the bike path took you closer to the water. Yeah. Right. And so, so you actually got to go closer to the water than you would have otherwise. So if you think about like you know the one road, the bike path, um, you know the last two miles are right there along the beach. Um, and with a, a little wind coming in off the beach, which at that moment was not really all that welcome, but, you know, it's part of the Jekyll Island experience. And, uh, and uh, you know, lots of sort of marshy land and, and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, it was definitely a half marathon that was in Jekyll Island and very unique in that regard. You know, it was not like you couldn't have that that, that race in some other place. You no, know?
1: and I, that's one thing I loved about it is you – didn't ever really forget you were on the beach you weren't necessarily running on sand that much or you weren't you know running on the beach although it was one, always right there. there was
0: one little sandy section <laughs> there was just, there was about 100 yards of sand like not even that 100 feet of sand which uh we were talking to the race director afterwards and then and we were actually talking to his wife and she said that they had worked really hard to clear that one patch of sand um but yeah as we were running across i was like sand but then you know in retrospect you're at the beach. There should probably be sand on the course at some point. But anyway, I interrupt you. What were we saying?
1: Yeah, and it was cool because you could see, like, the bridge that connects Jekyll back to the mainland right. for, You know, as you're kind of finishing up the last few miles or so. It was a pretty flat course. Um, there yeah. weren't any hills at all. I mean, it, it, any elevation gain noted by my watch was probably a, you know, measurement error and in an hall, anything yeah. else.
0: Yeah. Mine said 46 feet. Yours said, what, 59 feet? 59 feet, right. Yeah, I don't know where... I, I definitely felt zero of those forty-six <laughs> feet. Yeah, no. Maybe was...
1: stepping up to like
0: on the sidewalk
1: once or twice. There, 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 the was a, there was a couple measure. of places where the
0: uh, there were like pock marks in the uh, in the asphalt. So you know, maybe the GPS was so precise that it actually picked up those little uh, those uh-huh. little those little frost heaves, those little upticks in the asphalt there on the bike path. But I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Um, so how'd you run relative to what you thought you were gonna run?
1: I ran about what I was thinking I was going to run. Um, there was it, it was a very interesting race because uh, we were looping back. So, we, we, as you mentioned, we, we ran out and then we kind of did a a one eighty and then loop back. And um, they also were running a marathon and a ten k right. right at the same time. So when we loop back, what they essentially did is they just like loops the 10K'ers sooner and right. they, actually even the marathoners they, they looped back even sooner than they looped back via half marathoners.
0: But then the marathoners did, did two did laps two of laps. the entire course. Right. right.
1: Um, so you were, we were passing people the entire way. Right. The other thing too is they started the marathon 10 minutes before they started the half marathon. So we were passing people from like mile one and a half.
0: No, it, was, it was it was in the first mile. Yeah, okay, yeah, in, 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 in the first mile. Yeah, in, in the first mile, we started catching the the, the tail end of the marathon field. Yeah, so it was kind of interesting
1: to be just in that, regard, almost kind of chasing people down the entire time. From yeah. and you said, you know, mile one to thirteen, but overall, went good, felt good. Most importantly, it felt great to be racing again. Right. On. Felt good to get out there, remember what it felt like to uh, put in the
0: work and feel the pain. Right. On. How, how about you? So, I had told you last night, and I can't remember what I told you, like, online and offline, <laughs> you know, because we, we, you and I, of course, talked about it a lot because we spent a lot of time together over the course of the past 24 hours, and, uh, you know, in the car and at dinner, and then, so I can't remember if I if I told you this for the recording, for the podcast, or if I just told you this, like, at dinner, but I had said that... that Given the fact that I had the I said that I had low expectations, and I said given the fact that I was a little bit sick this week and given the fact that my body's just not quite where it needs to be, like my basement goal, Mm -hmm. like like the one goal that I needed to be like, all right, this, this race wasn't a waste of time. Yeah. Like my basement goal was to say, All right, if I could run a half marathon at basically the speed of my top goal at Tokyo, like my A goal at Tokyo then I'll, I'll be okay with it. I won't be happy with it necessarily, but but I'll take it, right? Yeah. And that's almost exactly what I did.
1: That's right. Um, and when amazing. you say almost exactly, like you were down to the second. Yeah, yeah. 117.29. Like like, yeah. Your
0: goal was 117.30. Right, your yeah. Your goal. Yeah, the, the slowest time that I was willing to accept was 117.30, and I ran 117. I think 28, actually. Okay. Yeah. Well, did mean to cut uh, short there. Yeah, yeah, no problem. <laughs> but, but given all the intervening variables of this week, given the fact that, you know, I ate way too much sushi on friday night that that uh that, that, that my training was just a little bit off this week because of some work things the fact that that i was sick uh this week um which you know is, is not to be i was using antibiotics this week i mean you know it's, it's not to be taken lightly so given those things um i felt good about it, I, it. I think i think it's just fine um, it
1: here. yeah
0: one of my uh and I according go,
1: to the race announcer, you won as
0: well. <laughs> yeah, across the finish line, they're like, first across the finish line, there's our winner, George Arden." And I pointed at Patrick. They're like, "Oh wait, Patrick's already finished." <laughs> so uh, the race director, because I mean, was working. Yeah. Uh, that dude was was working hard the entire time, and so so yeah, Patrick, you came in a little bit too fast for him. I think I think he was expecting uh, expecting you a couple minutes later, and uh, and and so yeah, you snuck you snuck in on him.
1: Yeah, and to your point, uh, asking about how I did and how the race went for me, definitely hit my B goal. A goal was just short, but at the same time, uh, I was more than happy with it. It was within kind of a
0: stone's throw, so to speak. Right on, right on. Yeah, I um, I also, uh, you know, it, it was a good it was a good effort in terms of testing out like equipment. Yeah. Um, you know, I felt like uh, my shoes were good, my shorts were good, things like that. My my fitness was not good. My body was not good, but but all the other things that I wanted to kind of get a, get a sense of, those things were all pretty good. Good, yeah, yeah.
1: We talked about the three things last time in the, or in the pre-race report. One, testing out the equipment. I mean, that was a check for both of us. Yeah. I even ran in new shoes. Right. So I know you actually ran a new pair. I ran in new, new shoes as well, yeah. That was a check. You it's always bad when you start off and you realize that the, those are not the good race shoes for you. Right. Um, other things we talked about. You want to have fun and be able to enjoy a race when you're yeah. in good shape? Yeah. That was a definite check for this
0: race. For you. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Not so much for me. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm I, glad that I experienced the race. Uh-huh. Um, but I, uh, and I'm, I'm glad I went down there. I'm glad I did it. The awards that they gave us were cool little awards. Um, I thought they were super neat. You know, it was, it was a beautiful setting. It was a unique race. Um, and so I, I would recommend the race to anybody who's considering it. Um, but... Overall, the race started getting hard for me at like mile four. Um, yeah. that, that's just where like all the stuff that I talked about kind of started catching up with me. And then because I was I was kind of hedging on it mentally because I was um, you know I had said you know I have low expectations for this race. I mean that's obviously not a good mindset for for a race, right? Right. Um, and so so the, the back half of the race was was a struggle mm-hmm. um, for me. Even though it was beautiful, um, and even though it was well organized and everything else like that, that's not a problem with the race. That's a problem with me. Um, and so, so the back half of the race was a little bit of a struggle. So I had fun there for a little while. Gotcha. But, but for four yeah. miles, so we say. But yeah, but but I jumped on the pain train there at the end, and, and, and that wasn't so much fun. But I, I've promptly forgotten about it. It's not like I, I never want to run a race again, or don't want to go run out tomorrow, or anything like that. So, <laughs> um, but then of course the last thing you said was a test of fitness. Uh huh. Yeah. And so you feel good about that? I do feel good about that.
1: Um, like I said, it wasn't quite what I was hoping for, but definitely within a stone's throw. And like, my splits looked strong, everything
0: looked good, um, kind of threw it through. So overall, I was pretty happy with it. Right on, right on. For me, as far as test of fitness goes, it was not a great test of fitness. Right. Um, you know, and and I, he, I, I joked last night that the trend, if, if the trend holds, I'm going to have my best ever marathon in Tokyo, but you know, I, I tend to have bad tune-up races before great marathons. Um, and so, so this was my worst tune-up race as far as time goes, as far as performance goes. Um, and so, you know, maybe I'll have my, my, my best ever marathon in Tokyo. We'll see. I'll certainly take it. Um, but, yeah, it was funny. Um, uh, Michelle wrote to me. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, she saw it on Strava. And she said, you happy with that? And I said, I'm not totally happy with it. I said, but I'll take it. And kind of explained to her what I had just said. And, um, and she said do you think in six weeks you're going to be ready to run that pace for a full marathon in Tokyo? And I wrote back, maybe. Right. And she, and she said, you're not supposed to say maybe, you're supposed to say yes, of course, I know that I will. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I appreciate her support, of course, but uh, but it's a maybe. Yeah. You know, we'll see. Um, I, you know, that, that's that's my absolute A goal in Tokyo, would be 235. Uh-huh. Right? Um, the fact is, if I run 236, if I run 238, uh, I'd be happy with that. Yeah. You know? Um, And I I, I do think I'm I'm fit enough to be able to run that fast if I hadn't been sick this week I I would have done better Um, If if I just kind of get my body right. I have six weeks still as we talked about last night Um, So I think I'll be fine. Good good to hear. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and I guess I would be in a similar boat uh, I shouldn't say similar but similar mindset in that this didn't kind of set up to say Oh, you're gonna knock it out of the park in public," but at the same time. It showed "Oh, you're right on track Yeah, keep holding steady so to speak very good
0: yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll look to get a little bit more of a confidence boost from uh, from some, some workouts over the course of the next few weeks, and mm-hmm. that'll be good. I'm not gonna, you know, try and circle back around and find some other long race or something like that. Like, I don't think that's necessary. uh uh-huh. um, And I, I still will very much go into Tokyo saying, okay, let's see what the day gives me here and let's run the best we possibly can. So, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Alright. Anything else to add for this, about the Jekyll Island half marathon? No, I I think we've said it, you know, um, good inaugural race, well done, nice work to Peak Racing, Tony Hammett, Lisa Hammett, the race directors, Jax Hammett, the CEO, um, and uh, we enjoyed seeing them, and uh, congrats to everybody who raced. Final thoughts from you? Yes, one little thought about the race itself. So the race t-shirt, you're actually wearing it right now. Yes,
1: I am. One of my favorite things about the shirt is it actually says in big, bold letters, Jekyll Island (laughs) (laughs) Marathon, and then underneath it, it's like, oh, and half marathon.
0: That's right. But That's right. when I wear it around town, it's going to look like I did the full marathon, so I'll take it. Right on. I, when we were in the, the gas stations a few minutes ago, a woman said, oh, did you do that race? Uh, and I said, yeah. And she said, it was yesterday, right? And I said, actually, it was this morning. She goes, you're already done? And I said, I did the half marathon. She goes, oh. <laughs> she, she was pretty let down. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Um, all right, Patrick. Thanks for recording the uh, the post-race wrap-up here. And uh, don't forget, folks, if you want to be part of the twenty twenty. Uh, race reports reach out to us george at itlcoaching.com patrick at itlcoaching.com pleasantpodcast at gmail.com tell us about your race beforehand and then circle back around with us afterwards Um, we will talk more soon that'll do it for another edition of the most pleasant exhaustion podcast brought to you by itl coaching and performance blue pineapple travel and slayer x don't forget to reach out to us on Facebook, facebook.com slash pleasantpodcast. Reach out to us on Twitter at Pleasant Podcast. We're on Instagram now at most Pleasant exhaustion, And you can download us on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, on Apple Podcasts, or on Spotify. Don't forget to reach out to our sponsors as well. ITL Coaching and Performance can be found at ITLcoaching.com, at ITL Coaching on Twitter, Facebook.com/slash ITL Coaching and Performance. And on Instagram, ITO Coaching. Blue Pineapple Travel can be found at bluepineappletravel.com, at Facebook.com/slash Blue Pineapple Travel, or on Instagram, Blue Pineapple Travel. And SlayRx can be found at SlayRx.com, at Facebook.com slash HereForSlayRx. That's the number for for HereForSlayRx. On Twitter, at OfficialSlayRx. And on Instagram, HereForSlayRx. Don't forget to use the Pleasant 2019 discount code for 10% off anything at their website. On behalf of Michelle Frank and Patrick Ollinger, this is George Darden. We appreciate your listening to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion podcast.